The Preamble, Part 11 of Laws by Plato, translated by Benjamin Jowett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book 12. If a false message be taken to or brought from other states, whether friendly or hostile, by ambassadors or heralds, they shall be indicted for having dishonored their sacred office, and if convicted shall suffer a penalty. Stealing is mean, robbery is shameless. Let no man deceive himself by the supposed example of the gods, for no god or son of a god ever really practiced either force or fraud. On this point the legislator is better informed than all the poets put together. He who listens to him shall be forever happy, but he who will not listen shall have the following law directed against him. He who steals much or he who steals little of the public property is deserving of the same penalty, for they are both impelled by the same evil motive. When the law punishes one man more lightly than another, this is done under the idea not that he is less guilty, but that he is more curable. Now a thief who is a foreigner or slave may be curable, but the thief who is a citizen and has had the advantages of education should be put to death, for he is incurable. Much consideration and many regulations are necessary about military expeditions. The great principle of all is that no one, male or female, in war or peace, in great matters or small, shall be without a commander. Whether men stand or walk or drill or pursue or retreat or wash or eat, they should all act together and in obedience to orders. We should practice from our youth upwards the habits of command and obedience. All dances, relaxations, endurances of meats and drinks, of cold and heat, and of hard couches should have a view to war, and care should be taken not to destroy the natural covering and use of the head and feet by wearing shoes and caps, for the head is the lord of the body, and the feet are the best of servants. The soldier should have thoughts like these, and let him hear the law. He who is enrolled shall serve, and if he absent himself without leave, he shall be indicted for failure of service before his own branch of the army when the expedition returns, and if he be found guilty, he shall suffer the penalty which the courts award, and never be allowed to contend for any prize of valor or to accuse another of misbehavior in military matters." Desertion shall also be tried and punished in the same manner. After the courts for trying failure of service and desertion have been held, the general shall hold another court in which the several arms of the service will award prizes for the expedition which has just concluded. The prize is to be a crown of olive which the victor shall offer up at the temple of his favorite war god. In any suit which a man brings, let the indictment be scrupulously true, for justice is an honorable maiden to whom falsehood is naturally hateful. For example, when men are prosecuted for having lost their arms, great care should be taken by the witnesses to distinguish between cases in which they have been lost from necessity and from cowardice. 
If the hero Patroclus had not been killed, but had been brought back alive from the field, he might have been reproached with having lost the divine armor, and a man may lose his arms in a storm at sea or from a fall and under many other circumstances. There is a distinction of language to be observed in the use of the two terms, thrower away of a shield, ripsopsis, and loser of arms, apobolius, aplon one being the voluntary, the other the involuntary relinquishment of them. Let the law then be as follows. If any one is overtaken by the enemy, having arms in his hands, and he leaves them behind him voluntarily, choosing base life instead of honorable death, let justice be done. The old legend of Cineus, who was changed by Poseidon from a woman into a man, may teach by contraries the appropriate punishment. Let the thrower away of his shield be changed from a man into a woman, that is to say, let him be all his life out of danger, and never again be admitted by any commander into the ranks of his army, and let him pay a heavy fine according to his class, and any commander who permits him to serve shall also be punished by a fine." all magistrates whatever be their tenure of office must give an account of their magistracy but where shall we find the magistrate who is worthy to supervise them or look into their shortcomings and crooked ways the examiner must be more than man who is sufficient for these things for the truth is that there are many causes of the dissolution of states which like ships or animals have their cords and girders and sinews easily relaxed and nothing tends more to their welfare and preservation than the supervision of them by examiners who are better than the magistrates failing in this they fall to pieces and each becomes many instead of one wherefore let the people meet after the summer solstice in the precincts of apollo and the sun and appoint three men of not less than fifty years of age they shall proceed as follows each citizen shall select some one not himself whom he thinks the best the person selected shall be reduced to one half who have the greatest number of votes if they are an even number but if an odd number he who has the smallest number of votes shall be previously withdrawn the voting shall continue in the same manner until three only remain and if the number of votes cast for them be equal a distinction between the first second and third shall be made by lot the three shall be crowned with an olive wreath and proclamation made that the city of the magnetes once more preserved by the gods presents her three best men to apollo and the sun to whom she dedicates them as long as their lives answer to the judgment formed of them they shall choose in the first year of their office twelve examiners to continue until they are seventy-five years of age afterwards three shall be added annually while they hold office they shall dwell within the precinct of the god they are to divide all the magistracies into twelve classes and may apply any methods of inquiry and inflict any punishments which they please in some cases singly in other cases together announcing the acquittal or punishment of the magistrate on a tablet which they will place in the agora 
a magistrate who has been condemned by the examiners may appeal to the select judges and if he gain his suit may in turn prosecute the examiners but if the appellant is cast his punishment shall be doubled unless he was previously condemned to death and what honours shall be paid to these examiners whom the whole state counts worthy of the rewards of virtue they shall have the first place at all sacrifices and other ceremonies and in all assemblies and public places they shall go on sacred embassies and have the exclusive privilege of wearing a crown of laurel they are priests of apollo and the sun and he of their number who is judged first shall be high priest and give his name to the year the manner of their burial too shall be different from that of the other citizens the colour of their funeral array shall be white and instead of the voice of lamentation around the bier shall stand a chorus of fifteen boys and fifteen maidens chanting hymns in honour of the deceased in alternate strains during an entire day and at dawn a band of a hundred youths shall carry the bier to the grave marching in the garb of warriors and the boys in front of the bier shall sing their national hymn while the maidens and women past childbearing follow after priests and priestesses may also follow unless the pythian oracle forbids the sepulchre shall be a vault built underground which will last for ever having couches of stone placed side by side on one of these they shall lay the departed saint and then cover the tomb with a mound and plant trees on every side except one where an opening shall be left for other interments every year there shall be games musical gymnastic or equestrian in honour of those who have passed every ordeal but if any of them after having been acquitted on any occasion begin to show the wickedness of human nature he who pleases may bring them to trial before a court composed of the guardians of the law and of the select judges and of any of the examiners who are alive if he be convicted he shall be deprived of his honours and if the accuser do not obtain a fifth part of the votes he shall pay a fine according to his class what is called the judgment of radamanthus is suited to ages of faith but not to our days he knew that his contemporaries believed in the gods for many of them were the sons of gods and he thought that the easiest and surest method of ending litigation was to commit the decision to heaven in our own day men either deny the existence of gods or their care of men or maintain that they may be bribed by attentions and gifts and the procedure of radamanthus would therefore be out of date when the religious ideas of mankind change their laws should also change thus oaths oaths should no longer be taken from plaintiff and defendant simple statements of affirmation and denial should be substituted for there is something dreadful in the thought that nearly half the citizens of a state are perjured men there is no objection to an oath where a man has no interest in forswearing himself as for example when a judge is about to give his decision or in voting at an election or in the judgment of games and contests but where there would be a premium on perjury oaths and imprecations should be prohibited as irrelevant like appeals to feeling let the principles of justice be learned and taught without words of evil omen the oaths of a stranger against 
against a stranger may be allowed because strangers are not permitted to become permanent residents in our state. Trials in private causes are to be decided in the same manner as lesser offenses against the state, the non-attendance at a course or sacrifice, or the omission to pay a war tax may be regarded as in the first instance remediable, and the defaulter may give security. But if he forfeits the security, the goods pledged shall be sold and the money given to the state. And for obstinate disobedience the magistrate shall have the power of inflicting greater penalties a city which is without trade or commerce must consider what it will do about the going abroad of its own people and the admission of strangers for out of intercourse with strangers there arises great confusion of manners which in most states is not of any consequence because the confusion exists already but in a well-ordered state it may be a great evil yet the absolute prohibition of foreign travel or the exclusion of strangers is impossible and would appear barbarous to the rest of mankind public opinion should never be lightly regarded for the many are not so far wrong in their judgments as in their lives even the worst of men have often a divine instinct which enables them to judge of the differences between the good and bad states are rightly advised when they desire to have the praise of men and the greatest and truest praise is that of virtue and our cretan colony should and probably will have a character for virtue such as few cities have let this then be our law about foreign travel and the reception of strangers no one shall be allowed to leave the country who is under forty years of age of course military service abroad is not included in this regulation and no one at all except in a public capacity to the olympic and pythian and nemean and isthmian games shall be sent the fairest and best and bravest who shall support the dignity of the city in time of peace these when they come home shall teach the youth the inferiority of all other governments besides those who go on sacred missions other persons shall be sent out by permission of the guardians to study the institutions of foreign countries for a people which has no experience and no knowledge of the characters of men or the reasons of things but lives by habit only can never be perfectly civilized moreover in all states bad as well as good there are holy and inspired men these the citizen of a well-ordered city should be ever seeking out he should go forth to find them over sea and over land that he may more firmly establish institutions in his own state which are good already and amend the bad what will be the best way of accomplishing such an object in the first place let the visitor of foreign countries be between fifty and sixty years of age and let him be a citizen of repute especially in military matters on his return he shall appear before the nocturnal council this is a body which sits from dawn to sunrise and includes amongst its members the priests who have gained the prize of virtue and the ten oldest guardians of the law and the director and past directors of education each of whom has power to bring with him a younger friend of his own selection who is between thirty and forty the assembly thus constituted shall consider the laws of their own and other states and gather information relating to them 
anything of the sort which is approved by the elder members of the council shall be studied with all diligence by the younger who are to be specially watched by the rest of the citizens and shall receive honour if they are deserving of honour or dishonour if they prove inferior this is the assembly to which the visitor of foreign countries shall come and tell anything which he has heard from others in the course of his travels or which he has himself observed if he be made neither better nor worse let him at least be praised for his zeal and let him receive still more praise and special honour after death if he be improved but if he be deteriorated by his travels let him be prohibited from speaking to any one and if he submit may he may live as a private individual but if he be convicted of attempting to make innovations in education and the laws let him die next as to the reception of strangers of these there are four classes first merchants who like birds of passage find their way over the sea at a certain time of the year that they may exhibit their wares these should be received in markets and public buildings without the city by proper officers who shall see that justice is done them and shall also watch against any political designs which they may entertain no more intercourse is to be held with them than is absolutely necessary secondly there are the visitors at the festivals who shall be entertained by hospitable persons at the temples for a reasonable time the priests and ministers of the temple shall have a care of them in small suits brought by them or against them the priests shall be the judges but in the more important the wardens of the agora thirdly there are ambassadors of foreign states these are to be honorably received by the generals and commanders and placed under the care of the prytanes and of the persons with whom they are lodged fourthly there is the philosophical stranger who like our own spectators from time to time goes to see what is rich and rare in foreign countries like them he must be fifty years of age and let him go unbidden to the doors of the wise and rich that he may learn from them and they from him these are the rules of missions into foreign countries and of the reception of strangers let zeus the god of hospitality be honoured and let not the stranger be excluded as in egypt from meals and sacrifices or as at sparta driven away by savage proclamations let guarantees be clearly given in writing and before witnesses the number of witnesses shall be three when the sum lent is under a thousand drachmas or five when above the agent and principal at a fraudulent sale shall be equally liable he who would search another man's house for anything must swear that he expects to find it there and he shall enter naked or having on a single garment and no girdle the owner shall place at the disposal of the searcher all his goods sealed as well as unsealed if he refuse he shall be liable in double the value of the property if it shall prove to be in his possession if the owner be absent 
the searcher may counterseal the property which is under seal and place watchers if the owner remain absent more than five days the searcher shall take the magistrates and open the sealed property and seal it up again in their presence the recovery of goods disputed except in the case of lands and houses about which there can be no dispute in our state is to be barred by time the public and unimpeached use of anything for a year in the city or for five years in the country or the private possession and domestic use for three years in the city or for ten years in the country is to give a right of ownership but if the possessor have the property in a foreign country there shall be no bar as to time the proceedings of any trial are to be void in which either the parties or the witnesses whether bond or free have been prevented by violence from attending if a slave be prevented the suit shall be invalid or if a free man he who is guilty of the violence shall be imprisoned for a year and shall also be liable to an action for kidnapping if one competitor forcibly prevents another from attending at the games the other may be inscribed as victor in the temples and the first whether victor or not shall be liable to an action for damages the receiver of stolen goods shall undergo the same punishment as the thief the receiver of an exile shall be punished with death a man ought to have the same friends and enemies as his country and he who makes war or peace for himself shall be put to death and if a party in the state make war or peace their leaders shall be indicted by the generals and if convicted they shall be put to death the ministers and officers of a country ought not to receive gifts even as the reward of good deeds he who disobeys shall die with a view to taxation a man should have his property and income valued and the government may at their discretion levy the tax upon the annual return or take a portion of the whole the good man will offer moderate gifts to the gods his land or hearth cannot be offered because they are already consecrated to all gods gold and silver which arouse envy and ivory which is taken from the dead body of an animal are unsuitable offerings iron and brass are materials of war wood and stone of a single piece may be offered also woven work which has not occupied one woman more than a month in making white is a color which is acceptable to the gods figures of birds and similar offerings are the best of gifts but they must be such as the painter can execute in a day next concerning lawsuits judges or rather arbiters may be agreed upon by the plaintiff and defendant and if no decision is obtained from them their fellow tribesmen shall judge at this stage there shall be an increase of the penalty the defendant if he be cast shall pay a fifth more than the damages claimed if he further persist and appeal a second time the case shall be heard before the select judges and he shall pay if defeated the penalty and half as much again and the sewer if on the first appeal he is defeated shall pay one-fifth of the damages claimed by him and if on the second one-half other matters relating to trials such as the assignment of judges to courts the times of sitting the number of judges the modes of pleading and procedure as we have already said may be determined by younger legislators 
These are to be the rules of private courts. As regards public courts, many states have excellent modes of procedure which may serve for models. These, when duly tested by experience, shall be ratified and made permanent by us. Let the judge be accomplished in the laws. He should possess writings about them and make a study of them, for laws are the highest instrument of mental improvement and derive their name from mind, nous nomas. They afford a measure of all censure and praise, whether in verse or prose, in conversation or in books, and are an antidote to the vain disputes of men and their equally vain acquiescence in each other's opinions. The just judge who imbibes their spirit makes the city and himself to stand upright. He establishes justice for the good and cures the tempers of the bad, if they can be cured, but denounces death, which is the only remedy to the incurable, the threads of whose life cannot be reversed. When the suits of the year are completed, execution is to follow. The court is to award to the plaintiff the property of the defendant if he is cast, reserving to him only his lot of land. If the plaintiff is not satisfied within a month, the court shall put into his hands the property of the defendant. If the defendant fails in payment to the amount of a drachma, he shall lose the use and protection of the court, or if he rebel against the authority of the court, he shall be brought before the guardians of the law, and if found guilty, he shall be put to death. Man, having been born, educated, having begotten and brought up children and gone to law, fulfills the debt of nature. The rites which are to be celebrated after death in honor of the gods above and below shall be determined by the interpreters. The dead shall be buried in uncultivated places where they will be out of the way and do least injury to the living. For no one, either in life or after death, has any right to deprive other men of the sustenance which Mother Earth provides for them. No sepulchral mound is to be piled higher than five men can raise it in five days, and the gravestone shall not be larger than is sufficient to contain an inscription of four heroic verses. The dead are only to be exposed for three days, which is long enough to test the reality of death. The legislator will instruct the people that the body is a mere shadow or image, and that the soul, which is our true being, is gone to give an account of herself before the gods below when they hear this the good are full of hope and the evil are terrified it is also said that not much can be done for any one after death and therefore while in life all man should be helped by their kindred to pass their days justly and holily that they may depart in peace when a man loses a son or a brother he should consider that the beloved one has gone away to fulfil his destiny in another place and should not waste money over his lifeless remains let the law then order a moderate funeral of five minae for the first class of three for the second of two for the third of one for the fourth one of the guardians of the law to be selected by the relatives shall assist them in arranging the affairs of the deceased there would be a want of delicacy in prescribing that there should or should not be mourning for the dead 
but at any rate such mourning is to be confined to the house there must be no processions in the streets and the dead body shall be taken out of the city before daybreak regulations about other forms of burial and about the non-burial of parricides and other sacrilegious persons have already been laid down the work of legislation is therefore nearly completed its end will be finally accomplished when we have provided for the continuance of the state do you remember the names of the fates lachesis the giver of the lots is the first of them clotho the spinster the second atropos the unchanging one is the third and last who makes the threads of the web irreversible and we too want to make our laws irreversible for the unchangeable quality in them will be the salvation of the state and the source of health and order in the bodies and souls of our citizens but can such equality be implanted i think that it may and at any rate we must try for after all our labour to have been piling up a fabric which has no foundation would be too ridiculous what foundation would you lay we have already instituted an assembly which was composed of the ten oldest guardians of the law and secondly of those who had received prizes of virtue and thirdly of the travellers who had gone abroad to inquire into the laws of other countries moreover each of the members was to choose a young man of not less than thirty years of age to be approved by the rest and they were to meet at dawn when all the world is at leisure this assembly will be an anchor to the vessel of state and provide the means of permanence for the constitutions of states like all other things have their proper saviours which are to them what the head and soul are to the living being how do you mean mind in the soul and sight and hearing in the head or rather the perfect union of mind and sense may be justly called every man's salvation certainly yes but of what nature is this union in the case of a ship for example the senses of the sailors are added to the intelligence of the pilot and the two together save the ship and the men in the ship again the physician and the general have their objects and the object of the one is health of the other victory states too have their objects and the ruler must understand first their nature and secondly the means of attaining them whether in laws or men the state which is wanting in this knowledge cannot be expected to be wise when the time for action arrives now what class or institution is there in our state which has such a saving power i suspect that you are referring to the nocturnal council yes to that council which is to have all virtue and which should aim directly at the mark very true the inconsistency of legislation in most states is not surprising when the variety of their objects is considered one of them makes their rule of justice the government of a class another aims at wealth another at freedom or at freedom and power and some who call themselves philosophers maintain that you should seek for all of them at once but our object is unmistakably virtue and virtue is of four kinds yes and we said that mind is the chief and ruler of the three other kinds of virtue and of all else true cleinias and now having already declared the object which is present to the mind of the pilot the general the physician we will interrogate the mind of the statesman 
tell me i say as the physician and general have told us their object what is the object of the statesman can you tell me we cannot did we not say that there are four virtues courage wisdom and two others all of which are called by the common name of virtue and are in a sense one certainly we did the difficulty is not in understanding the differences of the virtues but in apprehending their unity why do we call virtue which is a single thing by the two names of wisdom and courage the reason is that courage is concerned with fear and is found both in children and in brutes for the soul may be courageous without reason but no soul was or ever will be wise without reason that is true i have explained to you the difference and do you in return explain to me the unity but first let us consider whether any one who knows the name of a thing without the definition has any real knowledge of it is not such knowledge a disgrace to a man of sense especially where great and glorious truths are concerned and can any subject be more worthy of the attention of our legislators than the four virtues of which we are speaking courage temperance justice wisdom ought not the magistrates and officers of the state to instruct the citizens in the nature of virtue and vice instead of leaving them to be taught by some chance poet or sophist a city which is without instruction suffers the usual fate of cities in our day what then shall we do how shall we perfect the ideas of our guardians about virtue how shall we give our state a head and eyes yes but how do you apply the figure the city will be the body or trunk the best of our young men will mount into the head or acropolis and be our eyes they will look about them and inform the elders who are the mind and use the younger men as their instruments together they will save the state shall this be our constitution or shall all be educated alike and the special training be given up that is impossible let us then endeavour to attain to some more exact idea of education did we not say that the true artist or guardian ought to have an eye not only to the many but to the one and to order all things with a view to the one can there be any more philosophical speculation than how to reduce many things which are unlike to one idea perhaps not say rather certainly not and the rulers of our divine state ought to have an exact knowledge of the common principle in courage temperance justice wisdom which is called by the name of virtue and unless we know whether virtue is one or many we shall hardly know what virtue is shall we contrive some means of engrafting this knowledge on our state or give the matter up anything rather than that let us begin by making an agreement by all means if we can well are we not agreed that our guardians ought to know not only how the good and the honourable are many but also how they are one yes certainly the true guardian of the laws ought to know their truth and should also be able to interpret and execute them he should 
And is there any higher knowledge than the knowledge of the existence and power of the gods? The people may be excused for following tradition, but the guardian must be able to give a reason of the faith which is in him. And there are two great evidences of religion, the priority of the soul and the order of the heavens. For no man of sense, when he contemplates the universe, will be likely to substitute necessity for reason and will. Those who maintain that the sun and the stars are inanimate beings are utterly wrong in their opinions. The men of a former generation had a suspicion, which has been confirmed by later thinkers, that things inanimate could never, without mind, have attained such scientific accuracy. And some, Anaxagoras, even in those days, ventured to assert that mind had ordered all things in heaven, but they had no idea of the priority of mind, and they turned the world, or more properly themselves, upside down, and filled the universe with stones and earth and other inanimate bodies. This led to great impiety, and the poets said many foolish things against the philosophers, whom they compared to yelping she-dogs, besides making other abusive remarks. No man can now truly worship the gods who does not believe that the soul is eternal, and prior to the body, and the ruler of all bodies, and does not perceive also that there is mind in the stars, or who has not heard the connection of these things with music, and has not harmonized them with manners and laws, giving a reason of things which are matters of reason." he who is unable to acquire this knowledge as well as the ordinary virtues of a citizen can only be a servant and not a ruler in the state let us then add another law to the effect that the nocturnal council shall be a guard set for the salvation of the state very good to establish this will be our aim and i hope that others besides myself will assist let us proceed along the road in which God seems to guide us. We cannot, Megillus and Cleinias, anticipate the details which will hereafter be needed. They must be supplied by experience. What do you mean? First of all, a register will have to be made of all those whose age, character, or education would qualify them to be guardians. The subjects which they are to learn and the order in which they are to be learnt are mysteries which cannot be explained beforehand, but not mysteries in any other sense. If that is the case, what is to be done? We must stake our all on a lucky throw, and I will share the risk by stating my views on education. And I would have you, Cleinias, who are the founder of the Magnesian state, and will obtain the greatest glory if you succeed, and will at least be praised for your courage if you fail, take a special heed of this matter. If we can only establish the nocturnal council, we will hand over the city to its keeping. None of the present company will hesitate about that. Our dream will then become a reality, and our citizens, if they are carefully chosen and well educated, will be saviors and guardians such as the world hitherto has never seen. End of the Preamble Part 11